Welcome to the Portion Podcast, a weekly discussion of the Torah portion of the week. I'm your host, Aaron Roller, here with my co-host, Rabbi Jonathan Bienenfeld. Hello, everyone. And a holy, holy uh, welcome to you. This is Parshat Kedoshim, which means... Holy. Holy. Yeah. I, I didn't know where you're going with that. Yeah. You didn't, it wasn't immediately clear. It wasn't... Uh, we should have done like a like a Batman and Robin kind of, you know, like holy, I don't know, holy Parsha discussion, Batman. Having tipped our hands, I would say there's no reason not to do that. Okay. <laughs> holy podcast, Rabbi Bienenfeld. <laughs> yes. I just got right to it. Um, anyway. Oh, so, um, so much, so much going on in the world since we, since we last spoke. A ter- terrible weekend in, uh, in Israel. Terrible. Um, Terrible. One of the I don't, one of the worst that I ever remember, just in terms of sheer numbers and 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 casualties, also, and just some of the, you know, it's the it's the reality of um, it's the reality of social media now, also that that things become so you you experience it almost or not experience it, but that you can you sort of you get monitor news. it almost in real time. I mean, some of the clips and some of the some of the images and the and the not if you were checking over, mainstream American media. Yeah, that's true. I, you know, I actually did did check just because I was curious. If you scrolled all the way down to the bottom of the CNN homepage under the world section, it did have a write up, and I actually thought it was you know pretty fair, a pretty fair one at that. But uh, yeah, there was just there was just th- this picture that I saw that uh, I think was sent to me by APAC and one of the APAC emails. It was of a kindergarten class in in Stayrot, I believe. And it was just all, you know, the, the the ceiling tile had had caved in, and you know, tables were overturned and things like that. And I actually, you know, posted in our on our school's Facebook uh, page, just saying that like this could just as easily be our local school. And uh, oh, I saw lo, that lo, lo but but I think that you know that's how we have to think, and we have the imagery to be able to do it to really be no say baol chavero to be able to carry the yoke of our of our brethren, of our brothers and sisters who are going through this in Israel, and um and and the images I think really really help. We need to try to get in that sort of mind space. Like, what would this look like in, in terms of in terms of my life and and my surroundings and and, and my home and my community uh, to try to make it as real as possible to appreciate what our brothers and sisters are going through. I just I I want to like what I'm looking for is like outrage or at least curiosity as to like where do you get 600 missiles or rockets to to shoot in one weekend? Right. It's yeah, like, I said that at some point. Yeah, like that is an, an insane arsenal. Just the idea that that they have the the wherewithal to, to right. unleash that sort of thing. Right. Like the amount of effort being put in for for this uh I don't know. Listen, one day, one day pray for peace and Gaza should be like a it should be a seaside resort town. It really could it could be It ought to be. It, it ought to be and uh you know, God willing uh one day there there will be peace and uh and listen the the <laughs> it's in you know except accepting the uh the sovereignty of, of israel or or having their own sovereignty with with peace uh it absolutely segues nicely into this uh, into this week's parsha it seems very very far off but we do talk about the uh you know the gear other people other people living in uh in in israel in israel in jewish society uh you know the status the status of minorities and uh you know, God willing, one one day we'll be see, see some peace, and uh, in the meantime, at least uh, should be people should be safe. Amen. Um, so the uh, and and similar similarly, we've got uh, we have uh, well, well, we don't talk about Yamaha's mode. Um, all right, so getting into <laughs> getting into the uh, it's pretty high radio of you. Uh, listen, um, get, getting into the the parsha. So this this is like a um, 
it definitely seems like a, a real in in most most years most years this is a Jewish leap year of course where we add an entire month the the secular uh, solar calendar they think they're so special with their leap years adding a, an extra day to February we add a, an entire month to the year yeah yeah so in 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 and what the <laughs> it's really worked to our benefit because it allows us somebody asked me early on said what are you going to do when there's a, a double parsha. How are you going to handle that? And I said, you're just going to have to listen to a double long episode. No, I don't know. We'll we'll cross that bridge when we come to it. But this year, we don't have any any double parts. We get to handle each one uh, individually, give it give it its own uh, attention. And uh, and so, but most years we would read uh, this this week's parsha of Kedoshim along with last week's of, of Acharemot. And and there definitely seems it's like it's it's a. Uh, there's definitely a connection, a connection here, you know, to certainly to the end of Akhremot when we're when we start to talk about like as we, as we discussed last week, the focus which was on what's happening in the tabernacle, what's happening on Yom Kippur, what's happening to the high priest, uh, it opens up and it starts to talk about uh, you know laws of of ethics that are are impacting everybody, and and here it extends to this idea of, of holiness. Beginning, and I'll just read it in, in English. I have the art scroll in front of me here. Uh, Hashem spoke to Moses saying, Speak to the entire assembly of the children of Israel and say to them, You shall be holy, for holy am I, Hashem, your God. And and that really, it, it's sort of the culmination of this idea that we've been dealing with in all of Sefer Vayikra, that, that holiness is the theme. And, and we've been talking about how it manifests itself at the center, but now um, it really is is radiating out to what it means to have holiness in in your life every day. Yeah, and what it means according to different commentaries, well, let me rephrase that. Different commentaries interpret what exactly we mean by holiness here in this parsha in different ways. And I think that uh, one of the things that's that's interesting to take note of is that it is not every day, and it's not in every parsha, and it's not with every mitzvah or every statement, that Moshe Rabbeinu makes a point of gathering everybody together and saying that as an entire kahila, as an entire congregation, nation, what have you, everybody needs to be gathered together, uh, unified, to be able to hear this message. And this is one of those instances. And any approach that you work with, I think it's interesting to reflect on on that point, that whatever we define holiness as, and again, commentaries say different things, but that whatever we define holiness as apparently is such a profound and impactful kind of message that really stands at the core of who we are as a nation that needs to be shared with the entire nation. Rashi here, Aaron basically makes that that comparison between this week's Parsha to last week's Parsha. Last week's Parsha ended with, and the way that we spoke about it at least last week, was that we're sort of segueing out from Mishkan into personal life. We cannot be Jews by proxy. We cannot believe that simply because the Mishkan or the Beit HaMikdash or whatever, the, the, the Shul synagogue temple is set up appropriately, therefore we've done our duty and and the rest is uh, the rest is, is private time and, and, and leave me alone, and that's not an area that religion can, should, or need to enter into. But just the opposite, we're told about all the forbidden relationships, all of the immoral relationships, and we're told that that our relationships need to need to um, achieve a proper a proper standard. There's no such thing of as you know, I, I I close the door to my to my bedroom, and that is the the most private of any area of my life, and therefore that's beyond God's interest. That is very much God's interest, and we have to act accordingly, and and that needs to be sanctified. It can be sanctified. It can be elevated, and it's an interesting idea that that becomes such a critical theme. Perhaps that that needs to be then said and related to the entire the entire nation what the ramban what nachmanides says here is really fascinating and this is very very much a classic there are certain classic theses 
that uh, the Ramban uh, mentions or popularizes over the course of his commentary on Torah, and this is really one of them, which is that, well, let's begin with a question. It's odd in a book that that delineates every single <laughs> imaginable action and gives us all of these different mitzvahs, 613 mitzvahs that could then be further subdivided into thousands and tens of thousands of individual laws that need to be kept. It's sort of odd that anyone should stand up and say, oh, and also be holy. Well, well, what does that mean? Meaning if I keep all the mitzvah, doesn't that make me holy by definition? And the way that the Ramban explains it is that no, not necessarily. And it's such a, a, a profound point that you could check off all the boxes, but somehow or another still miss the larger point. And the way that he refers to it is that you, you could become a, a novel birshos ha-Torah. You could, you could become just a deplorable human being, all with the quote-unquote permission given by the Torah, permission granted. I Meaning I did all the mitzvot and I stood away from all the Averot, but somehow or another, I'm just, I'm, 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 I'm disreputable. I'm by no means a, a, a beacon of, of light or, or morality to other. I, I cut every corner. I, I, I walk around with a, a foul disposition and somehow or another manage to avoid all of the pitfalls of the actual mitzvot or actual averot, but nevertheless just become somebody who, who has completely missed the point of allowing the Torah to mold us, to shape us, to perfect us into better human beings. And that is what this parsha is meant to, to teach. And, and that would then be why it is that we're gathering everybody together. Everybody needs to be aware of this, that the, the mitzvot are the baseline, but they're by no means the end. We start with the mitzvot, but the mitzvot are meant to shape us into something greater, something holier, something that much more godlike. If we lose sight of that, then we might actually perform the robotic actions, but but fail at actually developing into the kind of people we're meant to become. Yeah, that that I think that's such an important point, and it reminds me of a quote that I heard from, there was a, a Rabbi Wurzberger, who is a, a teacher at, at Yeshiva University, and uh, my teacher, Rabbi Shalom Karmi, uh, when he, when, I think it was from when Rabbi Wurzberger passed away, he wasn't at the school anymore, but um, Rabbi Karmi was speaking about him and about his influence, uh, and he was, you know, he wrote a lot about Jewish philosophy, and his, uh, you know, the way he expressed it was that halacha, Jewish law, is is a floor, not a ceiling. That that that's right. you know that that's the that's the bottom line, and then you have to sort of grow grow from there and build from there. Uh, I I said so this actually ties in with something more modern. I was I I wish I had the book with me. I was I was reading the different uh, essays on the parsha from Yeshivat Haratzion, and so I, I don't remember the the author. But they were saying, and this is something we we kind of got into a little bit that we have the concept of of tahara of you know what we translated as purity. Although you know, go back and listen to the the earlier episodes. It was you know it's a it's a tough translation, but we have the sense of of purity, and then we have got kedusha, kedoshim, uh, holiness. And what is the difference between purity and and holiness? And then you know, in contrast, you have tuma. You have this impurity. And so, you know, which is the opposite? Is is kedusha the opposite, or is tahara the opposite? Um, and and making the the case that tahara is sort of a state of of letting go of the impurity. It's the baseline, basically. That to be, and, and this makes sense in terms of what we spoke about. That if you are tame, if you have, and we talked about how it ties into to different uh, um, physical uh, occurrences. It could be, you know, sort of just tied to biological. Um, you know, things happening to your body. It's not necessarily that you did anything wrong. Uh, just something things that remind you of your physicality, your corporeality, your mortality. But that that if you 
you can't go into uh, the temple. You know, not that you can't have a religious experience, not that you can't be uh, a good a good uh, religious person, a spiritual person, but that's you. You can't sort of go into those those holy precincts, those places that are kind of carved out for uh, spiritual experiences, and and that sort of I think it makes sense in that context that like it's not pure purity. The Tara is a is kind of a a baseline essentially, and kedusha holiness is is sort of once you're at the baseline. Um, this is this is what you're you're kind of shooting for. Conceptually, it works as a framework. So anyway, I, I think that that ties in w- very much with what uh, the Ramban has to say about it. In the yeah, sense that, great. like, your this is kedusha is is not just following the laws. It's it's actually trying to, and and, and it's important also in the sense of I want to you know I think something that that was color colored my uh, reading of the parsha was I, I was listening to. Uh, I was listening to the Ezra Klein show. It's a podcast I, I like to listen to. And uh, he was speaking with David Brooks, the New York Times columnist, who apparently just came out with a, a new book, a very personal book, about uh, about trying character and, and to, trying to develop into, a, you know, an, an interpersonal connections and, and trying to develop into a, basically a decent person and not, not worrying so much about your, your career. I didn't read the book. I just heard the conversation. But they were... They were talking about kind of like where they were having a little bit of a debate. Um, you know, Brooks has become, I think, much more outspoken in favor of religion. In, in if you read his columns in recent years, and and they were talking about this question about like, does being religious, quote unquote, make you a better person, or is it just that you're the member of a group? You know, you're born into the group. You were attracted to them at some point. This is your society. This is your community. But you know there's actually not a great ability to point to uh you know a group and say you're not living up to your own standards you know and i think that's true i think it's often the case that you know when somebody who is not say orthodox looks at the orthodox community and i'm only speaking about that the i'm only speaking about orthodox judaism because that's the community i consider myself to be a member of and says oh you got you people are not doing this thing that you're supposed to be doing it doesn't usually uh, result in this in the in the amount of uh, introspection that would happen if we look at each other and say, or you know, if a rabbi, a figure from within, looks at us and says, "You're not living up to it." Like there's, we kind of like, oh, we're doing our thing. You you don't know, you don't speak for us, you don't speak to us. We're going to represent whatever values we represent. And, you don't know uh, what we go through. You don't know how it is on this side of the fence. That's right. That's right. But but I guess the the point is is that that I think that this sort of speaks to that point that like you could be. A novel Torah. You could be, you know, you're. I'm an Orthodox Jew because that's the label I wear. That's the the institutions I associate with. That's the the schools I send my children to. <laughs> but me, <laughs> how I act, what <laughs> what I do, uh, you know, how I act towards other people. That that's got nothing to do with it. Exactly right. And I think that I think that I think when we see those those sort of cracks in the armor of let's say even the the Orthodox world overwhelmingly we're what we're looking at are, are actual transgressions i think um or, or oftentimes we are certainly the things that become very public and you know god forbid you know, the scandals that that our community has had to has had to to deal with and things like that those are usually you know clear lines in the sand that have been that have been crossed i i think on a very on a very personal level there you know there needs to be almost this daily sort of check-in and this daily sort of reminder that that I did everything that I was supposed to do, but am I, like, am I, am I getting it? Am I getting it? Am I, am I, am I connected to, to God? Like, where, where's my faith? 
where's my faith? Where's my commitment? Am I where's growing? My, where, yeah, where's my, where's my love? Where's my, how's my anger today? Um, I, I don't know. I, I think that, that perhaps just combination of being a student of Torah and being, being in yeshiva, it, it's almost obvious that we can throw around terms like, you know, I'm trying to work on myself. Uh, but I don't think that that exists so much out in the in the in the rest of the world, and and I'm not sure how much you even necessarily get that direct impression, even from the from the the canon of all of the different mitzvos comprehensively put together. And I think this really speaks to that 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 this this says that you might have checked all the boxes, but are you are you growing? Are you developing? Are you a better? Uh, are are you serving God better today than you did yesterday, or are you doing all of these things? But ultimately, is it for self interest, or are you still serving yourself even in in just one dimension of life or another? Can I can I share with you one thought I had? I don't know if you'll ag- agree with this, yeah. Uh, but as a you know that that in in certainly in learned circles and in, in you know you're talking to someone who's in yeshiva or or even not somebody who you know is is involved in in Torah learning. Often, you know, when you'll greet them, your, you know, small talk consists of often, oh, what are you learning? Like, that's a very normal way to make conversation. But what's not a normal way of convers- to make conversation is to say, what chassid are you doing? Right. Hey, what's going on? What chassid are you up to? Who have you been helping? Or, you know, how's your, how's your, uh, it sounds a little, uh, I think, <laughs> language taken from the Christian, but Christians, but like, how's your prayer life? You know, how, how's your davening going? You know, we don't, we focus on one, one aspect and, and I don't think there's certainly, I, I'm very, uh, strong proponents of, of Torah learning, but I think that it's always valuable. It's always important. It's always good, but it is of the, these three things. And I, I use those as examples because we have this idea traditionally that the, the world stands on three foundations on, on Torah on tefillah, essentially, Torah avoda, which we, we kind of interpret as being prayer, and, and kindness. And the Torah is the one which can be the most self-involved. You know, it's, it's intellectual development, and it's enjoyable, and you're doing it, you know, it, again, I'm not saying it's not, even when it's, that's the case, it's still valuable and spiritually, you know, there's a spiritual element to it, but but we don't uh, we don't talk about the other two as much when we in a, in a casual sense in the ca- sense of encouraging one another and kind of making it kind of the communal norm that this is just a, a thing that we expect that one another are, are doing. Yeah, I've long thought, and I, I don't know that I've ever seen it anywhere. I've actually seen something somewhat to the contrary, but I, I still think it's true that in part, you know, we we speak about there being three different legs upon or pillars upon which the entire world stands. We also speak about three or or where we can speak about three different realms in which we develop or we actually perform mitzvot, two of which are more obvious. We speak about ben adam l'makom, ben adam l'chavero, those things that are between ourselves and God, those things that are between ourselves and our and our fellow man or our fellow friend. And then I guess the, the lesser known is ben adam l'atzmo, between man and himself. And, and I've long thought that those three align exactly in the way that you said, that when we speak about chesed, we're obviously speaking about our relationship with other people. When we speak about prayer, that is really submission to the divine will. It's the recognition that I am totally, totally incapable of, of anything without you, God. And that's why I just, I place all of these requests and praise and, and thanksgiving. But that's why I place all of these requests at your feet, because as much as I'm going to go off to work in a little bit, I recognize that I'm totally incapable of actually fulfilling any of this on my own, and therefore I'm I'm sort of leaving it with you. And Torah really is not an act of service. Torah isn't so much an act of 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 uh, dedicating. I don't want to. 
I don't. Right. I don't want to misquote tre- myself. Trying to tread yeah, carefully tread, here. I'm trying to tread carefully. But meaning of the three, it is Ben Adam Laatzmo. Meaning Torah is the realm in which I try to develop into as godlike a person as possible by filling my mind with what God has told me is in His, and I and I I work to to become more and more like that. So anyway, I, I've long thought that that's that that's the case, and I think that that sort of uh, I, I think it just speaks to to all of this that we are that we could well be involved in in lots of quasi robotic activities but but miss the broader point i think you bring up an interesting thing in terms of what we do or don't say to others i i think i think there may be a couple of reasons for it why we ask people one one is that it makes for the easiest conversation that is sort of like an interesting talking point. Hey, what do you? Oh, that's interesting. Well, I don't know. I was at the, I was at the soup kitchen. I was doing the food right, but, drive. Yeah. I was, uh, you See, know. I I think you ask somebody. I think we do view Torah learning as as a duty, and and this is almost as I hate to say it this way, but I think that the, for better or for worse, I, I do think it's true that we have we've wrapped our heads around the idea that Torah learning is almost an obligation to discharge. And I don't think that that's healthy or ideal, but at least more so than chesed. But at least it's well, it's been institutionalized in a yeah, very that, strong way. Yeah, like like did you did you do your daf today? Did you do your learning today? I you, you know you're supposed you, to learn. Were you kaveh Did you, you make, did you make yeah, time you to learn? To, when it comes to to doing something for another person, I mean, it just it makes it sound like hey, did you did you check that box yet? And come on, we're talking about other human beings here. I mean, I, I was yeah, I went to the soup kitchen, but not so that I can go to my friends and then brag about her that you're even supposed to inquire about it. I, I did it because that's what a good, decent person does. Now, you could certainly argue that a good, decent person should also be learning Torah and also be davening, but at, at any rate, I think that might be part of it. And also, perhaps it's specifically when it comes to prayer, I think it's, I boy, I just think that's so much more personal, right? When I'm When I'm learning Torah, I'm learning God's Torah, and you want to know what I what part of God's Torah I was just learning? I was just learning this part of God's Torah. But when I dive in, ideally, I am I am bearing my soul. Hey, what are your struggles? What are you going through today? What's 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 been really rough that you've now asked God with with assistance over? And that that is really bearing your soul in the kind of way that you might just not want to do at a cocktail party. I I think that's a that's a, that's a good that's a good uh, thought in terms of you know that it could be much much more certainly on, on prayer a much more intimate level uh so the uh we spent a lot of time just on the first uh first two verses here the portion but, podcast is sponsored by the yeah. by what <laughs> i was gonna say it's like time to close oh <laughs> right no um but no I, I think we should we should talk there's you know, so much here this is a real there's it's so a real it's a real grab pressure. bag we're certainly not we're not i, I think just a, a couple of things number one I, just on a general level looking at these things especially as uh you said that there's you know the question, not the question. There, there, there are commandments which are between yourself and another person, and there's things which are between you and and God. And what is very interesting to me here, and I think it plays into the the question of what does it mean to achieve holiness, is how they seem to overlap here in in very interesting ways. And um, sort of a picture starts to, I, I think be painted in in this week's uh, Torah portion that is like, you know, it's not just one thing. It's not just one thing. There's, there's a lot of, there's a lot of policy here, which I think is, is fascinating. It's really starting to, um, I mean, certainly narratively speaking, the Jewish people should be getting close to uh, entering the land of Israel at this point. We will find out that that's not going to happen, but certainly at, at this point in their journey, as, as they're learning these things, they're, uh, the, you know, the st- statecraft is, is not 
that far away. What is so your- do you mean? But do you mean like like compulsory uh, charity things like that? Or? No, I, well, yeah, exactly. We get we get the, some some notion of social welfare here. We get the that you should. Um, you know the the laws of of Leket and Shichacha right. that you're starting. It's going to be you know largely an agricultural society, and you leave the you leave the corners open for the for the poor. You you let people come and glean from things that you dropped or that you didn't pick. You know that you you didn't harvest the first time around. There's always these questions trying to apply obviously much later political terms. You know, is the Torah socialist? Is the Torah capitalist? Is the Torah you know a welfare state? And I, I don't know if that's a particularly valuable conversation but the but the but the whatever whatever the the society is um whatever you're going to call it we start it starts to lay down some of what that looks like here uh which is interesting and and i but i i also think that like it's but what's most interesting to me is the way that as i was saying that like the the things that are between man and man and, and man and god start to to overlap and, and meld and I, I think it's right there in in the beginning in, in <laughs> we spent a lot of time on the first two verses on the third every man shall revere his mother and his father and you shall observe my sabbaths i am Hashem your god like that's a strange juxtaposition honor your mother and father and observe the shop of keep shabbos like those don't seem particularly connected at all but and and yet i think that there's there there are even if there's not a connection that comes up immediately in terms of being uh, like, oh, it irrationally makes sense. They both; those are both things that seem like bedrocks of trying to create the kind of society that the Torah wants us to have. Two of the Asar Sedibros. Oh, and and yeah, the Ten Commandments are reiterated here. Throughout. Th- yeah, this this week's there's, you know, we talked about this when we did Parshat Mishpatim, our most popular episode ever, by the way. Uh, but really? the yeah, that's had the most listens. Fascinating. Yeah, it it is maybe another uh, people really love halacha. They like the grab bag. People yeah. love halacha, so yeah. maybe they'll really <laughs> we got a lot of listens to this one as well. But that you know, if Mishpatim was an elaboration on the Ten Commandments, this one this one looks like it it also. But I, I'm thinking about you know, obviously this is one story. I don't know how it extrapolates, but a a family we know where the uh, um, the people became religious and they had not they'd been brought up in a very assimilated home and they they um and their parents had always kind of there'd always been some some pushback sometimes you have families that are very live and let live and sometimes there's a, a resentment or an awkwardness when you know if if one member of the family becomes uh, starts to become observant and uh this was always the case until um the children grew up these people had their had kids and the the kids grew up and they said the the grandparents now the grandparents who would have this uh, resistance right. said your kids are the only ones that call us they call us every Friday before Shabbos wow and and so it's there's that connection then between honor and and Shabbos it, it you know it gives a a time when we stop and we have the time to spend together we have the time to catch up or before Shabbos to call somebody and you know it just it puts this uh, this this punctuation mark into the into the week. That gives you that opportunity. So it, it's a, you know, I think there is a, a logic to it uh, that maybe goes a little bit beneath the surface. But the point is, is that those elements of of you're honoring God and you're honoring your your parents, you're honoring your 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 grandparents. It there's uh, there's definitely overlap there. I think I think I really think this is just an extension of the point that you just made. But I think Shabbos probably at least more more iconically than any other mitzvah provides us with with very clear very stark borders that serve as almost a curb against our our self-interest 
whatever my desire might be, whatever project I'm in the middle of, whatever more money I could possibly make, along comes Shabbos and says, sorry, not today. Get it done before. It doesn't matter if you're smack in the middle. Come sundown on Friday evening and, and everything needs to halt. Everything needs to stop. And now it all just, you know, you, t- you turn back into a pumpkin and you basically recognize that, you know what, God runs the world. It's God's universe. I could, I could try and try and try, but there's only so much that I'm, that I'm permitted, I guess, to exercise my own free will on my own behalf. And then I, every, every week it's a reminder that you then, you know, relinquish or are meant to relinquish a little bit of it. And I, I just think that goes hand in hand when you kind of see what occurs with the changing of the generations is you, you look back at the previous one and they become more and more and more and more and more out of touch with who I am and what I'm about and what I want and my generation and, and, and what I have going on and the things that I'm facing. And you just cannot possibly relate or, or offer any insider perspective or value, especially in this ever-changing world. And I think the idea that you sort of – you're reminded on a weekly basis to, to give up a little bit of that, give up a little bit of your own your own identity, your own sense of self in a very – I think healthy and appropriate sort of ways. A reminder that you know what do I know? Who am I? Who am I in this uh, in in the in the changing of the generations and in this you know grand sweeping cosmic universe that exists out there? And that uh, something of a reminder that whatever I might personally be going through, you know, maybe even the previous generation has a has a whole lot to offer also. And and so yeah, I, I so from from the the cosmic, <laughs> the, you know, Shabbos to, uh, you know, your parents. I, I just, there's so much here. It's, you know, again, we can't talk about it all, but like the, the internal, you know, sort of what you feel in your own heart, right? It says, you should not hate your brother in your heart and you shouldn't take revenge. Often taking revenge is, you know, this is something passive aggressive. You don't always know when you're taking revenge. You don't, you don't answer that text. You don't, uh, you know, you pretend you didn't hear the person calling you down the hall. Um, it's it's not always so. It's not always so clear. There, there's there's you know all the all the ritual elements. It talks about you know how how we. It's like it's how how you eat, how you think, up to how society functions. It's setting up the courts and weights and measures. I, I mean, I, I remember when I when I was working in New York City doing some work with the Department of Consumer Affairs, and and one of the biggest jobs in the Department of Consumer Affairs is going out and checking. The weights and measures in, in grocery stores and supermarkets, and it's just a, it's an amazing thing. You're like, oh yeah, of course, you know, like it's it's the foundation of a uh, of a fair society. It actually came up on on Pesach because you know if you open up your box of uh, I don't know if other bakeries do it, but Schatzer matzah, the Shmura matzah, right? Sure, they've got a little they got the um, they've got a little flyer in there right, that right, says right. that says you might bottom. get some broken pieces that we broke. <laughs> no, we broke, but you got some some broken pieces in order to fill out. The, a full pound, okay. so that when we sell you a pound, it's really a pound. Right. So that there's, you know, you know, setting up these ob- objective standards from from. We felt like as long as we were charging you thirty five dollars a pound for bread, we may as well give you a full pound. That's that's right. Uh, well, you know, they, maybe they tell like well, you're always over a little bit. We're always, I'm, well, listen, I'm a, I'm a shots or matzah like groupie. I aficionado. Mean, I'm a, I'm a, yeah, I'm I'm a, you know thirty whatever it is. I don't know thirty bucks a pound and worth every. Penny. Can I tell you? Stuff's I, amazing. I heard. I saw. I, I heard an advertisement for something called. I think it's called Uni. They're selling it as a tabletop pizza oven. Um, it's a little oven. It's like a imagine like a you know like the size of a toaster oven. It sits on your counter and it gets up to like nine hundred degrees. Wow. 
So I, I big matzah. Yeah, that's wow. what I'm thinking. I mean, maybe pizza also with a different one. But I think that um, some of these matzah companies, if they would just mm-hmm. stop marketing exclusively to to the Jewish world and and throw the word artisanal on the box before matzah, charge an extra ten bucks a pound and, and call so it it's, a day. It's already a lot of it is made in Brooklyn. So that's right. That would be very hip. <laughs> yep. Borough Park is the new Williamsburg. <laughs> Borough Park is literally. The new- I think that's how that worked. Was that historically how that worked? Uh, people went from Williamsburg to Borough Park? <laughs> I, think I think so. so. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the, uh, um, yeah. I mean, that is one thing that drives my wife crazy when, when you know, Pesach will be coming and her non-Jewish colleagues will say, oh, you get to eat the matzah, matzah crackers. And Shira just goes, well, you know, it's, you might like to eat them, dip them into your tuna fish once in a while, but, you know, <laughs> you try being forced to eat nothing else for eight days. But, but yeah, there's definitely, uh, I, I don't, but, but that's always the, uh, that's always the, uh, the box, the, the package, uh, factory made stuff. The, the handmade, I don't think, uh, has gone fully mainstream. Yeah. Not mainstream. <laughs> there's a, there's, there's a, a market. There's a market. There's a market. There, there's a marketing idea for you. Matzah bakers of the world. Um, Anyway, listen. Um, I don't. So, I, I, you know, I don't know how much more there there is to talk about. I mean, there's so much more to talk about that I don't know how much how much more we want to talk about it. Um, you know, if there's if there's one more, I guess you know, it's just I, I guess the the big takeaway here is just you know that as we talked about holiness as as something to strive for, something that goes above and beyond the letter of the law, that that applies on on so many different levels from from shotnez, the mixing of wool and linen. To uh, to to establishing courts, to how you how you feel about other people in your heart, to how you how to to things which are seen much more obvious, like how you how you how you treat other people. We have the um you know the the famous the famous verse kamocha that you should you should love your your fellow as yourself uh, isn't isn't this week's Torah portion. So from things which seem like broadly ethical and very easy to get behind to things which seem completely difficult to understand, like why can't I wear wool and linen together? Uh, this week's Torah portion is telling us that that it all falls uh, beneath the umbrella of of holiness and and living a holy life. And and what I think is very important in that is is that is that idea. It's interesting. Like on the one hand, yeah, you you don't want to be a person who, as you said, checks all checks all the boxes, but it kind of isn't getting the the spirit. I I, I think it also um, militates against the opposite extreme. Right? I have people who will say. Oh, I don't. I don't really like all the ritual. I don't really like all the ceremony. I don't really believe in all the Torah. Jude I just heart. just gonna be, or or just a, anyone, anyone of any religion. I'm a good person. You know, I'm just I'm a I'm a good person. I have a good values, and and I absolutely. You know, I remember in high school having having had teachers who would say, you know, if you're not religious, if you don't believe, you can't be a good person. I absolutely don't believe that. I I 100 believe and know people who are not religious, people who are wonderful people, but. And, and the other way around, you you know. But I will say, but I, but I do think I do. Whoa, wait, slow. Wait, wait. Can you dial that back a second? Yes. You because I th- I'm pretty sure there are behalf- bad people who call themselves religious who are part of a religious community. There are good people who don't have any religion at all. Okay, no, because it it sounds like you said just the opposite. As in, there are religious people who are bad people. There are people who are religious who I think or or are what makes them religious? Hold on a second. What makes you a a, a religious person if you're a bad person? Listen, okay, so maybe you you couldn't use that word religion. There are people who have wear religious Pretenses. garb, who have or part of the religious oh, community, yeah, yeah. who are you know who who represent religion when they go out in the world, who are you know wearing a you know they're wearing a yarmulke, they're they're you know appearing at at a 
you know, they're they're talking at at Jewish, they're being honored at the dinner, and they're you know part they're of yell, yelling, part yelling of the at community. the waitstaff. Yeah, yeah, you know, but they, at, at, that's when they go out to dinner. But I mean, like you know, at the 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 synagogue dinner, or the Federation dinner, whatever. Know what whatever you mean? Just wanted just wanted to clarify. <laughs> <laughs> a if you're, if a you're, note I, of sympathy to everyone in the service industry. I, wa- I want to just state clearly on this podcast that you can't be a bad person and a religious person. It, it doesn't work that way. Fair, fair enough. But but I guess the point is is that I, and I think that I I really I really think that the that that there's something which you get from uh, living living a religious life that goes that if you're doing it right is is making you a, a good person in terms of in the eyes of the world and is is enriching your life and 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 it, i i think it's a synthesis of all the things that we see here it's like you know affecting how you think about public policy it's how you think about your own personal development it's how you think about how you treat other people it's how you think about your relationship to god and all of those things are here in this week's parsha and and i think that it, that's kind of that's kind of my takeaway that like there's yeah, it's it's not you know good bad or putting in simplistic terms, but I I think that if you want to, and I, I guess it really does derive from from hearing this conversation with with David Brooks, where they're sort of questioning the value of religion. I think if you want to get a sense, I think if I was speaking to somebody who said like, "What does it really do for you?" I think you could probably not do much better than recommend someone read this parsha. I think this is the Torah portion that kind of gives you the insight into what a fully integrated religious life is all about because it kind of kind of hits all all the dimensions and and you know touches all the bases trying to think if i if i have any other anything else to float out there um nah i don't know this this is a good one this is a really good one Uh, yeah i don't i don't know if mitsora would do it the same way (laughs) i mean that definitely had uh had stuff to tell us but but i think in terms of like you know what is what is sort of the the headspace of someone who's striving for for holiness look like i think this this really does it yep and with that uh well we'll uh yeah, well, so let's end, let's end the show. Uh, the Portion Podcast is recorded in Cherry Hill, New Jersey, produced by Aaron Roller. Our theme music is The Magid's Niggin by Simply Tzvat. If you enjoy the show, please tell your friends about it any way you can. You can subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, or wherever you get your podcasts. Don't forget to rate us, leave a review. You can follow the show on Facebook. Have a good Shabbos. And remember, there is always more to learn.